Yeah, welcome everybody. You got to give me a second to get this thing off the screen. But uh, hey, everyone, Chris Carroll, Nando DeFino, your best friends in the whole wide wow. world. What a what a bad what a bad opening, Nando. Screwed I'm not the producer. You need. Oh my god. Uh, I'm the producer you deserve. You want to start over? Yeah, let me end the stream. We'll Good be right Lord. back, everybody. No, don't do it, Nando. Come on. Uh, hey, good uh, good news, everybody. Failed. Chris Vaccaro week wrote the rundown. Wait, wait, week 14, we still can't get the opening right, Nando. Well, that's good. You know what? Everything was fine until Vaccaro noticed that we were flipped because I guess Theo likes him better and put him on the left. So there Start you go. The show. How are Start you? The show's always on the left. Nando, I'm good, buddy. Um, I'm excited for this week, the final week of the fantasy regular season. A lot of money on the line, a lot of uh, big money changing week. Uh, you can drop out of first place and not cash your check. And, and it's uh, it's a pressure packed week. You know, you could see yeah. 13 weeks of hard work uh, and time that you put into this all fall apart in the final week. It's happened to me plenty of times. And, uh, and I've seen it the opposite way where, uh, you know, you, you come from behind and you pull out a league victory or make the playoffs in the final week. So a lot going on in the league. Um, lot to cover today as usual. And uh, let's get into it because we got a ton of topics to get to. Right, buddy? Yeah. All. Uh, so here's what's going to happen is I'm going to talk for like two seconds. Then Chris is going to talk for 13 minutes. And when he's done with that, we'll try and get your questions in. So please, if you're watching, if you're joining us, throw your questions our way. We're here to help. Uh, when we're done, actually, Theo, uh, Theo and Jax have a show. Dynasty Life is going to be live right after us. So we got to be done at 1229 on the dot because they started at 1230. And Chris was late, so you, you missed a couple minutes already on the front. Oh, wow. Let's get into it. Okay. So uh, since we like to be fresh and up to date, Chris was late. Uh, we'd like to talk about the Monday night <laughs> we go. football game that happened several days ago, um, just to show how current we are. <laughs> oh, Chrissy V. But for real, uh, Trevor Lawrence, there's no way he's going to play through a high ankle sprain, right? Like that's that's crazy pants but what i want to ask you about uh, well yeah go cj beat hard i don't agree with that nando you really think uh, well, would you call him no that's how i remember to spell it is like is this spelled correctly oh God. hard anyway uh i do think and call me crazy and we'll get into this after your spiel if lawrence doesn't start this could be a calvin ridley week big time just a hunch but you go I, don't, I can't believe you think he's going to play a high ankle sprain like three days later. I didn't say that. Uh, did you ask me if I said that? Yeah, I, I did. No? I, I mean, said I don't uh, think Trevor Lawrence is crazy. I, don't, I think he sprain. sits yeah, out. Yeah, it's not crazy. No, I think it, it's going to affect his game. And I think uh, as Trevor Lawrence owners, we dodged a major bullet here. And I would expect uh, him to sit this week uh, with their – you know, their eyes uh, focused on winning the division down the stretch and then taking a healthy Trevor Lawrence into the fantasy playoffs, which the Jaguars are going to be a playoff team. This is not a good uh, matchup going into Cleveland with bad weather. This is a perfect game to sit him out, get him healthy with the high ankle sprain and tell him, hey, listen, come back in week 15, hopefully. At worst, I think Lawrence is under center in week 16. But in week 15, I think he gets back. 
Um, and I think he just changes his game a little bit. You know, Trevor Lawrence is a, a quarterback that can, when things break down, take off and give you uh, the rushing yards. Um, he, he's mobile. I don't think we'll see that down the stretch. A quarterback and a running back playing a, – a quarterback compared to a running back or a wide receiver playing through a high ankle sprain is a major difference. I think, you know, people are forgetting that. Everybody just hears high ankle sprain, and they compare it to all the other – players that we see with a high ankle sprain. If you're a receiver or a running back, it's a death kill uh, to get a high ankle sprain. If you're a quarterback, sit in the pocket and throw. We've seen it. We've seen quarterbacks get a high ankle sprain and play the same week. I just hope they don't do that with Lawrence. I hope they sit him one week. And then for the fantasy playoffs in week 15, we have our stud quarterback who's been red hot, dropping 30-plus fantasy points a week now for the last three weeks and was well on his way to – going maybe 40 fantasy points in this Monday night game, um, you know, going forward. He's got two really great matchups and a third matchup in week 15 of the fantasy playoffs versus uh, the Ravens, which doesn't look great on paper, but you never know. That's one of those games that can maybe uh, turn into a little bit of a shootout with two really good offenses. So uh, I don't think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to sit much through this injury. What a year to get yourself a buy, huh? Say that again. Imagine being able to skip like this week and next week in terms of worrying if you had a buy. Yeah. And great just go point. right in to be like, all right, let's just get like right to week yeah. 16, get these injuries wiped out, you know? If you do, if you're in your home leagues and you get a first round buy and Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback somehow, because like, let's be honest, Trevor Lawrence had a bad season up until these last three weeks. So if he's your quarterback on a first or second place team that gets a bye, hey, it's it's coming at an absolute perfect time. Uh, you don't need him for these two weeks. Uh, I have him in a high stakes uh, private league that I'm going to the playoffs, and this week doesn't mean much to me. So um, I'm hoping, like I said, they sit him out and just come back ready in week 15. But the offense has changed, Nando. That game Monday night completely changed our outlook, I think, on both offenses, the Bengals and the Jaguars. Jaguars lose Christian Kirk for the rest of the year. Everything was coming together perfectly in these last bunch of weeks for the Jaguars offense with Zay Jones coming back, unlocking the like he was the missing piece in this offense to unlock everybody, uh, including Calvin Ridley. Um, but, you know, he goes down. I think they have enough weapons, uh, the Jaguars, to still be very successful on offense. Parker Washington, the kid came in, played almost every snap. Once Kirk went down, he looks like a nice uh, wide receiver three, you know, um, for this offense. Yeah, Big for them or for, for Evan for Ingram. Fantasy, right? You mean for Jacksonville? For Jacksonville, not for fantasy. Okay. I, I agree. Yes. It's going to be the same thing when you try and talk about Xavier Gibson for the Jets. Yeah, he's, you know, he'll be a 4 for I'm 40 sorry, guy every week. But uh, not somebody that you're going to put into your lineup. So, he had 77 um, last week. Well, okay, so start him on your fantasy team. Let's Will you, you start, start Xavier him. Gibson on your fantasy team? Well, it depends on who I have. Okay, exactly. You won't. So, um, you know, Evan Ingram gets a huge bump here as the as the second go-to guy in this offense where he was starting to fade a little bit in the Jaguar offense with a healthy uh, Zay Jones back and Christian Kirk and Ridley. He was starting, if you remember, Evan Ingram had a great first two months. And then he started to fade a little bit. But this past week, we saw Evan Ingram, uh, you know, jump back onto the scene. So I think he's got a nice uh, fantasy playoff finish ahead of him for all of us tight end needy uh, players. Time for me to speak again. 
I'm going to let you speak a lot more since you complain a lot during the I week. I didn't complain. Not being I just showed you the audio. I showed you the audio just, file. Uh, that was complete BS. But I'm happy you could bounce from I, your survivor. I, I want you to. I want you to feel. I want you to feel wanted, Nando. I want you to feel. I want you to be happy after our weekly show that you spoke enough and didn't anger to, our listeners with crazy takes and everything. How many what crazy games did you enjoy watching this past Sunday, Nando? Well, Chris, when you were watching the, football this past Sunday, I was at the Cincinnati men's what games basketball can game. You really talk of? I was in a suite, oh, and the suite like, had. Oh, you TV. were at the Bengals game. You said no. The obviously the Bengals were Monday night. At you are. You were on. You were in the. You were on the floor because you sent me a picture, so you weren't in a suite. You I went down there for five minutes pictures. just to make you angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My brother. So a fantasy host. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, so a fantasy host on a Sunday during football in a critical week thirteen was at a men's college basketball game instead of watching football. But we're gonna let you talk about football in depth. Is oh, that correct? You're right. It's like you can't watch these games after the fact on NFL Plus uh, without commercials and with all the stuff in the middle not there anymore. <laughs> It's such a strange. You know, you know oh, what was great. I thinking? You know, it's going to be great. All the listeners and, and everybody and, and the readers in my column. That's going to be man. You and Nanda really don't like each other. You guys really don't get along, huh? You guys... couldn't be farther from the truth. <laughs> you know, uh, we love. I don't each like other. you. It's just yeah. yeah oh, that's fine. How that's many survivor fine. pools we were you still in? Speaking of the Jacksonville, Nando, people. good. Co- Jacksonville wait, you know what? Took out so many people. That I know. Wait, can I, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Wait, I got to tell you, I'm, I, this isn't on our rundown, but you brought up something. So I got eliminated. I, my survivor stories this year are so out of control. Okay. Um, I'm in a, I was in a huge one with a, with a, with a partner. Okay. Biggest one I've ever been in. There's 48 people uh, in it. And it was for a lot of money, each entry. And I lost uh, weeks ago with Buffalo on a Monday night. One of the worst survivor losses ever. It was down to eight people. And it would have been a huge money changing, like a, like a lot of money. Six figures. More than yeah. six figures. You could have bought okay, drinks. That's how big it was. Yeah, exactly. Good one. Uh, so I lost on that. I was devastated all week. Okay. Last week, Nando, the Thanksgiving week, I'm yeah. in another one. 88 people in it. Okay, $100 entry, so $8,800, and I'm down to the final two people. It's me and another guy. Why didn't you okay? split? And He wasn't like, hey, man, let's split. I, I'm going to tell you real quick, and I, I, I want to try and rush this story because it's not fantasy. No, we got related. plenty of time. This is the best part care. of the show. It was down to the final two people. Me, come on, Nando, let me tell the story. So it's me and another guy, and it's Thanksgiving week. And I have, I'm taking Detroit at home as eight point favorites versus the Packers. I look at who he can take, and he can't take anybody that the spread isn't a one or two point game. So he's screwed. So he reaches out to me to split the pool. I say, hit me up next week because I'm like, he's going to lose this week. I'm going to win. Okay. With the Lions at home versus the Packers. I lose on Thanksgiving. I have to wait till Sunday to see who he takes. He takes the Titans at home as two-point favorites, and they win, and he wins the pool. Devastated. Now, the last one I'll tell you is, uh, this is the biggest one, uh, you know, not uh, money-wise. It's the one that I won uh, with a couple other partners three years ago, if you remember, our friend Ian. It's uh, $1.6 million in the pot, 
it's uh, it, it's uh, 16,600 entries to start. It's down to 205 entries. I'm one of the 205 entries left now, Nando. And like you said, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh this past week were the two most picked teams. The pool went from like 900 entries left down to 205. So now it's going to get really, really interesting. But starting this week, we have to pick two teams a week. So, oh, nice. A uh, lot of, yeah, it, it's, it gets really, really difficult now. But uh, thanks for bearing with us, uh, my list, uh, all our listeners about uh, the survivor pools. But survivor's crazy. Ready? This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasy is reminding me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 dollars plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play you can't beat it. Don't make noises. Oh, man. Those noises are cues for when they're editing the audio, and then you just uh, mess it all up. Welcome back, everybody. To you the just show. spoke. We're going to get to injuries in yes. a second. I want to answer a couple questions. Is that cool? Sure. Well, let's answer one. All right. Steven's got a question about a defense. Should I drop the Falcons as my second defense to pick up Gainwell? Uh, due to Swift's injury. Also, love over Mayfield this week? I'd say yes and yes. Yeah, love over May- Baker Mayfield, no doubt about it. Jordan Love is, is hot right now, the Packers offense. Uh, let's see what happens with Christian Watson. I expect him to miss time again. But the Packers have enough depth in their offense. Look for Jaden Reed to step up. Maybe the kid, the de- de- Wicks, uh, also, and Romeo Dobbs. So they have enough weapons where Jordan Love is going to keep on humming. He's a top 10 QB1 option this uh, week. And yeah, I would pick up Gainwell. I don't think the Swift injury is much. People uh, seem to be panicking a little bit the, the last couple of days because he took the big hit at the end of the game, but he got up pretty quick. I just think it was like he got his, the wind knocked out of him. The game was a yeah. blowout. He went to the yeah. sideline with three or four minutes to go and he packed it in for the day. But people are worried about him getting put in the uh, concussion uh, you know, protocol. I don't, I don't think that's the case, but if you want to be proactive and take that shot, and if Swift somehow does get put in the concussion protocol, if you see that news break uh, today, uh, and then Gainwell is sitting out on the wire, yeah, that'd be a huge ad because if he gets to start in a game versus Dallas with a total of over fifty, uh, he'd be uh, he'd definitely be in play. It did. I mean, like it didn't look like he got concussed, right? It looked like yeah, right. Like I could Agreed. see like if they're like oh broken rib, uh, yeah. or you know like a, I don't know like a, even though like a shoulder popped out of its socket you know what i mean like it didn't look like he got hit in the head even like yeah. when he, you know you bounce back on the ground it didn't look like that was happening but yeah and deandre swift uh you know he's starting to slow down a little bit bad game on sunday only four fantasy points but um 
you know, if you look at his playoff schedule, I actually have really high expectations for DeAndre Swift. I know in the, in the last two weeks of the championship uh, weeks, he gets the Cardinals and the Giants, and the Eagles will be 17-point favorites, 14- uh, to 17-point favorites in both of those games at home, and that'll lead to a lot of uh, DeAndre Swift, Swift opportunities, in my opinion. So, um, Rashad Penny, but- man, would you consider him a bust? No, he's been great, Nando. No, no, I mean, like from where he like, like people believed in him at least to the point where he was a mid round. You know what I mean? Like when you coming into like the I, year, you're yeah, like, yeah, no, like I said, you're quite, yeah. I mean, he, but was he, he high bust? enough yeah, to be no, a bust? I mean, he's killing it. But was he? I'm yeah. just saying, was yeah, he taking he was high a, enough to be a bust? Picked, or was he just like, oh, uh, you know, you, you didn't? Yeah, he was, was picked. You know, he was an eighth or ninth round pick, and a lot of people were taking shots on him to be the lead back in this Eagle um, right. offense. And it's crazy because that coming into the year, it was like everybody was taking shots on all three of them. Gainwell, yeah. Swift. Cause if you remember in August, it was, you know, different beat reporters saying Penny's going to be the lead back. No, Gainwell's running with the ones in practice every right. day. Penny's what get about cut. DeAndre Swift? You know, and the funny thing is Swift was the running back out of the three that was getting drafted off the board in every draft, the highest he wound up obviously being one of the biggest, home run picks of the year in, in drafts. So, uh, yeah, of course, Penny doesn't play Nando. So well, I don't know he was a disappointment on a bust. I feel like a bust is like more draft capital. He's a disappointment. It was a bust pick. You did bust. nothing with him. You dropped him after week three, and that was that. Let's talk about these injuries. I disagree with you, but I know crazy. you're not going to let it go. You're not going to let it go. I'm sure people agree with me, but – yeah. Everybody always agrees with your take. I just wa- I was wondering if he hits the bust category, if he's just a disappointment. I right, move on from Rashad Penny. Nobody cares. Well, when he has 103 yards this week, you will. Yeah, in week 18. Uh, let's talk about the <clears throat> the impact of these fantasy injuries. Tank Dell. Crazy. Crazy crushing. week in injuries. The injuries. The injuries really caught up to us uh, in week 13, right, Nando? You know, it was like from like, I feel like week 9 or 10 on, it was like slow. There was one or two guys each week that – uh, got hurt, but not like, you know, crazy, crazy injury weeks like yeah. this past week was. And we lost major fantasy players uh, this past week and almost lost another one with Puka Nakua, who went to the, you know, he's got an AC joint sprain that I, I don't know if it's going to affect him the rest of the year. You would have to imagine so. Uh, but it looked like he might be lost for the season at one point. And that would have been not only Tank Dell, but Puka in the same week, the two biggest Home run wide receiver picks out of nowhere. Uh, you know, you either got them in the last couple rounds of your drafts or on the on the waiver wire. But the Tank Dell injury, Nando, was the major uh, talk of week 13. Uh, he was a wide receiver one. Uh, he moved into wide receiver one territory for fantasy teams. And, uh, you know, it, it's a major loss. It affects this Texans offense, I think, uh, a lot. You know, C.J. Stroud was also coming along with Tank Dell as a top five fantasy quarterback. You have to wonder about how it affects him losing his, um, you know, top target there, his his 1A to Nico Collins 1B. And outside of Nico Collins getting a major bump up to wide receiver one territory, in my opinion, the rest of the way, uh, it's a major injury. Yeah, uh, I could I mean, like. We were on Noah Brown for a little while here. I feel like, you know, his his peak hit and then it came back down again when everyone got healthy. But right. He's good. Noah Brown Noah Brown is good, no doubt. You just wonder about I think I think as a fantasy community, we're uh, assuming and uh, and just placing Noah Brown right into 
you know, the 1B territory after Nico Collins. But, you know, if we get a healthy Dalton Schultz back here, he could be uh, the second big option in this pass game. Don't forget Robert Woods is back in this offense now. He's, uh, you know, he's had games where uh, Stroud has looked his way a lot. Maybe he's the second option. But, you know, going forward, it's like everyone's going to have to share a little piece of this pie here. But the only one you feel really confident about, like we looked at Tank Dell as, is Nico Collins because he's proven it week in and week out. Uh, you know, I feel like Nico Collins just – He's had four or five big time fantasy weeks, and uh, I think he he'll be the consistent guy in this Texans offense going forward. The problem is you look at this um, week here, and and everybody wants to anoint Stroud top five quarterback rest of the way. This upcoming week, he comes into New York here, where it's supposed to be really brutal weather on this Sunday on the East Coast uh, for a lot of these games: rain, snow, wind. Um, and against that Jets secondary, I'd be downgrading all these guys, Stroud, Nico Collins, straight across the board. But if you look at the Texans playoff schedule, they get the Titans twice um, and they get the Browns, uh, but they get the Browns in Houston. So a nice playoff schedule for these guys, Stroud and Collins combination for those three playoff weeks uh, I'm looking forward to. It's just I'm not too excited about it for this week. You know, uh I'd like to see John Mechie pop up. I don't think he's going to. Mechie's another one. Good point. But mm-hmm. I like, yeah, but, you know what? I like Robert Woods, but if I see one more person call him Bobby Trees, I'm oh, gonna, so annoying. Oh, I'm going to so punch annoying. a hole through my computer. I agree. No, I agree with that. I'm with you. And I don't agree with you much, but the Bobby Trees thing is, is just. Uh, it's it's got to go. It's corny. It's, go. it's corny. It's corny already. Anyway. football said you caught him a win last week by telling him to start Stroud over Purdy. Say that again. You guys told me to start Stroud over who? MVP Purdy last week, and I lost. Uh, did I? Did we? You did. Well, I don't know. You... you just say everything, so I don't pay attention. I, listen, you know, the, the you I'm looking know, up chili recipes right now. You listen, Brock chili? Purdy. Brock Purdy um, is in the MVP discussion now. He's top four. Uh, absolutely. It was, that's a tough one, though. You know, Stroud at home. He's been on fire. He's been a top three fantasy quarterback. Purdy going into Philadelphia against that secondary. They were both must starts. They were both top five. So I hate questions like that. It, it's, you know, it's like, oh, who do I start? Uh, Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler? Like, you know, when Eckler was great. Or, or uh, Tyreek Hill or, or C.D. Lamb. Like, uh, you know, it's these are must start guys. So you got to go with your own preference. If you want to blame me, that's fine. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Nando, while we're talking injuries here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if people are downplaying it just because he's on a shitty team and, uh, you know, people weren't so crazy. He didn't have the name of a tank Dell that was carrying fantasy teams. But Ramondre Stevenson was really coming on strong this last month. And he goes down in the first quarter of a game where he got 10 touches on the first drive and his playoff schedule was looking really nice. He was starting to become this bell cow back rushing and receiving getting all the touches, 20-plus touches that you dream of for a top RB1 uh, type of fantasy player. And I think that's just – if you had Ramondre Stevenson in your starting lineup, that's just as big of an, a loss injury-wise as a Tank Dell. So that was the other one. That was the running back major injury uh, along with Dell. Um, it, it sucks catching these injuries because it changes the look 
of your fantasy team. You now have to go to your bench, bring yeah. up a scrubby guy into your, your lineup because not too many of us have three really good usable running backs. So when you lose like that, it takes a, you know, it takes a major hit in, in the other, in the, um, on your fantasy team and the amount of uh, points you can max out at every week. Uh, Brian Robinson is another one. He's going into his bye week in week 14, but kind of leaving us in the unknown once he comes out of the stupid week 14 for the, you know, commanders and the Cardinals here that you don't have these guys in the last week of the season. But when the fantasy playoffs start, you know, we don't know what Brian Robinson's status is going to be here. So, you know, if Gibson is available on your waiver wire somehow, he's a must add. The kid Rodriguez is also a sneaky add. Um, so, you know, just if you need some running back depth help and you're a Brian Robinson owner, try and uh, grab those guys. It's crazy how bad the Patriots are. Like, I've carried Ezekiel Elliott this whole year on my bench, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it's, you know, is it going to help my team? I don't know. Like, yeah. they're just so bad and they got such a bad matchup this week. Uh, yeah, but know. you know what? He's a top twenty running back, Nando. Yeah, just he's because based volume. on volume, you know, volume is king, Nando. But it's so, the Patriots. Michael Hasty might show up. You know what I mean? Like agreed. if we decided to give uh, fifteen touches to Jamichael Hasty yes. for no reason. Yeah. Ty Montgomery, uh, eight targets this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Good. the guy we love? Limbaugh is Limbaugh still? Limbaugh. That's such an ugly long? game. You have you know. So you have. Um, Where's Lindown? You have three New Orleans. So you have, um, right. yeah, right, right. You just had yeah, right. New England five. Yeah, you have on New England five seconds ago. Okay. <laughs> right. Of anyway, um, I was confusing my new. I, I knew he was on. A how new. ugly is this Thursday night game? Thursday night games usually suck, other than uh, the treat that we got last Thursday with that Dallas Seattle unbelievable fantasy game, uh, which was awesome. Um, and, and now we get a follow-up of the Patriots versus the Steelers with a total of hovering around 30. Uh, the game's going to be an absolute snooze fest. It's one of those uh, Thursday nights. You, uh, If you're ever going to take a Thursday night off to not watch a football game, this is the Thursday night to do it. Well, I think what makes it interesting, and I hate to be there like the proponents. Yeah, of course. No, this is where you go ahead. I, I disagree. This game's actually going to be great, Chris. No, I was yeah. going to say what could make it interesting is that that over under the expected point total keeps dropping. And I mean, right now it's at 30, right? Yeah, like, I if, mean, and I mean, they got like an so, Iowa. It's almost like an Iowa college football game. It just creates a game within a game that I, you know, I find a little, like if you're going to watch this game and you think it sucks, at least try and go to like one of those, you know, under 30 or like first team to score 10, you know, three, three dollars uh, could make it a little more interesting for you. Yeah, to watch. that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Come for the fantasy advice. Stay for Nando's gambling expertise. Theo asked us to talk about gambling on this show. At least okay. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of gambling, uh, I, I don't know if I told you this on last week's show. 30 to one odds. Miami versus San Francisco Super Bowl. The You know, you if, if you go on any of your sites, you can uh, get odds on uh you know, who plays who in the Super Bowl. Yeah. San Francisco and Miami. I placed that bet two weeks ago and I think I love it. 30 to one odds. So keep that Miami's in mind. Now, though. Oh, I do. Miami I think, little- I, I think, you know what? It's funny. I don't, like I said, I'm praying that this Jacksonville, um, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, not that I think they're a Super Bowl contender, 
But if you look at the AFC, we've always looked at the AFC as such a powerhouse. With you know, you go into the playoffs and there's seven really good teams. It's not like that anymore in the AFC. Now, actually, the NFL is really diluted now. There's only three good teams in the NFC that could get to the Super Bowl, and there's only four in the AFC. But that's including Kansas City, uh, who I think ha- is never going to the Super Bowl this year. I actually think they suck, uh, and Jacksonville, who I can't see going. So yeah. I really think the only two teams that you're going to see in the Super Bowl out of the AFC are Miami or Baltimore, okay, and in the NFC, San Francisco or Philadelphia. And I think San Francisco and Miami go uh, are the clear favorites in both uh, conferences to me. But that's just that's just your little gambling. Let me ask ball. you a gambling question for people who might not be as familiar with the strategy of it all. Sure. And I don't know which way this is going to go, but say one of those teams – is in right say it's san francisco and then miami and the titans are playing for the super bowl right or to get in how does chris vaccaro hedge that do you wait until that moment to hedge it and put the money on the titans okay i mean your question's crazy your question's crazy because guess what they play back-to-back games yeah in the six minutes you get between the afc and nfc championship game one thousand percent you would money line you would money line the opposite team so say san francisco beats Philly in the early game, uh, you know, and then Miami's playing Baltimore. Yeah. You, you hedge if you want uh, Baltimore money line going into the game. There you go. There's your, that's all I wanted to know, man. That's a well thought out question. No, it was, it was not a well thought out question. Uh, Speaking of the, uh, speaking of the Eagles and Niners, we have to touch on that game. That was an unbelievable uh, blowout. It kind of was. But um, San Francisco, really, as we talked about, and that was my biggest bet in a long time, uh, as we spoke about on last week's show, uh, was San Francisco. It didn't start off good, to be honest with you. Philadelphia dominated the first quarter. But uh, it was good to see A.J. Brown uh, get back into uh, a a rhythm with Jalen Hurts after a couple of uh, off weeks. And I think that will continue down the stretch here. Uh, Dallas Goddard is going to return Nando for Philadelphia in this huge game, uh, versus Dallas. But, uh, I don't want to talk much about that actual game. It's over in the past. There's a lot of things we could break oh, that's down, not like especially you. That's not like you at the, all. the Debo Samuel, uh, you know, blow up game, which Debo Samuel has been hot these last couple of weeks. That's great to see because he was starting to take a, you know, a, a backseat to Ayuk and McCaffrey and even Kittle some weeks, but it was great to see Debo, uh, have these blow-up games lately. But anyway, the thing I want to talk about with this game was how much of an impact uh, it is for fantasy going forward, Nando. I don't know if people realize this or made a big deal about it, but, um, you know, that game was huge. As fantasy players, we needed the Niners to beat the Eagles in that game. And I'll tell you why. The Eagles win that game. They would have went to 12-1. and They would have been... Uh, you know, multiple games up on Dallas. Uh, they would have pretty much put the Niners to bed uh, for making a run at the one seed. This keeps everybody in, you know, in check, everybody alive. It keeps Jalen Hurts versus Dak versus Purdy, uh, you know, in the MVP race, all up against each other real close that they got to, you know, put their foot on the gas in these games, these last four weeks straight through the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, you could have seen a scenario where the Eagles uh, won that game. And then if they beat Dallas this week, 
Yeah. They're pulling starters in the, you know, in week 15, 16 of these games, especially like I told you, they're playing Arizona and the Giants the last two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. Senior football. I know what the record is. Oh man, uh, whoever guys. this guy is, I love. You I mean, it's football. so it's so please, crazy. Please I just said that. Yeah, I know they lost and they went to ten and two. But if they won, what would have they been? Okay, thank you. So thanks for paying attention. Please send more. Uh, yeah. Our ombudsman. Uh, it just keeps everybody alive. And now Dallas is a three and a half point favorite versus Philly. It's Dak and Hurts going head to head as the top two MVP favorites. They're gonna want to put on a show here. Um, you know, it's crazy. So, uh, I just think that was the perfect outcome for the rest of the season, uh, you know, to keep all of our players alive on these big teams, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners, uh, going forward as they try and compete to win an MVP. Chrissy, I got a question. Yeah. What are you doing with this Zach Ertz situation? Is he, uh, to you? He's not a game nothing. changer. He's nothing. It's not a big deal. No, people are, you know, people started picking him back up again last week or holding him. Uh, he still hasn't signed. There was the rumors of Baltimore, which would have been a nice landing spot because of, uh, you know, losing Mark Andrews. Zach uh, Ertz, let me tell you a scenario where this could backfire on me, Nando. And I was thinking about this as I was trying to see if I wanted to add him. But listen, it's Wednesday of the week going into week 14. He, like I said, he still hasn't signed yet. Baltimore came out yesterday and said, I think we're fine with our, you know, tight end room. Isaiah likely, let me say, yeah. Nando, that game before the bye week in both, I know he only had four catches for 40 yards, but my God, did he look great. And Isaiah likely for me is a top eight tight end the rest of the way. He looks so fast. Um, and, and I think he's going to play a nice, uh, complimentary role to Zay Flowers in the receiving room. So I love what I see out of likely going forward for the Ravens uh, down the stretch. I don't think Zach Ertz is going to wind up there. The only place I could see Zach Ertz signing, which he obviously only wants to sign on a team that he could see himself going to a Super Bowl as his career comes to a close here. But if, if the Miami Dolphins sign Zach Ertz, who they obviously need tight end help, then Zach Ertz could play a role, but um, you know you have to worry. You have to think like he's going to be a, a by far third option in the pass game after Hill and Waddle. Uh, but it'll be nice to see, you know, oh hey, if Zach Ertz is getting eighty percent snaps um, in a Miami offense, and and you could sneak sneak him in there if you're desperate at the tight end position for weeks sixteen and seventeen. Yeah, it, it could wind up paying dividends, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to bank on that, Nando. How about Mike Gesicki, man? I don't think he's a bust. How about is he a disappointment? No, to he's you? been great too, Nando. I'm just wondering if he's a bust or a disappointment. What kind of, That's what all, kind of question is Mike? Where did you come you, up with Mike Gesicki? Because you about Miami. Because you're talking about the Miami tight end, and I remember like him complaining, like I'm you know they he's... use me as a wide receiver, not a tight end, and blah blah blah. And I don't know, just it, his name clicked to me because when I think of Miami tight end from last year, complaining about mm-hmm. his usage. Mike Jasicki. Yep. And I was like, oh, he's going to the Pats. Bill O'Brien loves a tight end. You know, we got all this opportunity. Yeah, people were taking Jusicki, shots on him. People Jusicki took shots Henry. on him in the, the the mid to later rounds. Uh, you know, he was like a round 13, 14, 15 pick that got dropped a long time ago. And nobody even thinks or talks about him because he's useless. Yeah, I know. I'm just uh, thinking about, you know, it's, it's the end of the year. We're wrapping things up. It's just mm-hmm. kind of interesting to reflect on uh, on these things. Yeah. Thank you, senior football. Common sense questions. Mm-hmm.
It's good to, it's good way, to see that your brother uh, disguised himself as senior football this week. No, my brother. And, senior uh, football's been on the show and, forever. And, you're just, my, and my you're brothers just, would never. Uh, putting his questions up one after another. So good. I don't think I, way to run now, the show. Nando. You're doing a great job as usual. Uh, is, hey, let's talk about uh, Trey McBride dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Where do you have him ranked rest of season? Nobody, nobody sets up questions better than you in the industry. Nando. Well, I, I want people to know that was not my question. I would like that. Where would you put Trey McBride rest of the season at the tight end position? If you had to rank the top five tight ends rest of the season, who would you have? Uh, don't like say something sticky. stupid. Yeah, Hunter Henry. Go. This is why you don't uh, get to talk much. I think I would this do is... – I think I would actually – call me crazy, but I think you could make the case mm-hmm. that you could put Kittle ahead of Kelsey the way the 49ers and Kansas City are playing. So you had, you would have George Kittle one at tight end rest of the I, way? I just feel like Kittle has a lot of momentum at the end here. And there's going to be a lot of defensive pressure on McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, like you say, although Samuel could go all over the place and run for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like Kittle, Kittle's there a lot. I don't think it's popular. I don't think if you what actually said, down. like, Kittle's make there a choice. A yes. Uh, I, I, you know, you look up and you see, like, oh, Reds, oh, there's Kittle again. Oh, there's Kittle again. Oh, there's Kittle mm-hmm. again. And Kelsey's getting – Kelsey catching some hard catches and getting Kelsey's hit. slowing down, man. If yeah. you're watching these games, which I know you're not, but uh, which I am, Kelsey uh, just Kelsey got banged up. Kelsey got banged up. How do you watch your games? Ago, and he 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 got banged up and he limped off about a month ago on a play. I remember, and ever since then. Every game he'll take a hit and the same thing. It just happened again in the Packer game on Sunday night. He his first catch of the game, actually. I remember it was a 22-yard catch. He got hit and then he like limped a little bit off to the sideline. And it's just like, you know what? This guy isn't right right now. He's fighting through some injury. Not, yeah. And uh he's just not the usual Travis Kelsey, and he's just not putting up the gigantic numbers week in and week out. My point is this, Nando, the advantage is gone if you're a Travis Kelsey owner this year and down the stretch, as it was in past years. If you were the Travis Kelsey owner these last bunch of years and you're coming down the stretch and it was it's like it was like clockwork. You know, he was getting better and better, putting up 25 fantasy points every week. The rest of the tight end landscape was dying out. You were fighting for 10 points every week. And when you played the Travis Kelsey team. You knew you were going to get smashed at the tight end position every single week with consistency. That's not happening anymore. That's done now for this year. So you don't have the advantage as the Travis Kelsey owner because right. there's so many other tight ends now that are, you know, capable of giving you 15 to 22 fantasy points. Uh, Trey McBride, if you told me now you want a crazy take, if you, I don't think this is a crazy take at all, but if you said, Chris, you get one tight end. For weeks, um, you know, for the playoff run, weeks 15 through 17, who do you want? I think 90% of the people are out of the mouth. Oh, Travis Kelsey. Guess what? Give me Trey McBride. Trey McBride is my number one tight end rest of the season. There's wow. no other tight end I would want. Okay, really? he's the focal point of the passing game. Maybe a couple weeks ago when when um, Kyler Murray, as you would say, Kyler Murray, um, was coming back into this offense, we thought Hollywood Brown would be the, the guy that uh, took off and, and was the number one target. He's not. It's Trey McBride. And every week, if Trey McBride is this eight for 90 and a touchdown or two type tight end, every time you watch the Cardinals, it's, you know, he's getting targeted to death. 
you know? So I would have Trey McBride number one. Um, you know, after that, the top five, Laporta, Kincaid, Kelsey, uh, Hawkinson, and oh, Kittle. Still- you know, that would be the top six what about right Taysom there. Hill? So, Taysom Hill, it depends on the leagues you play in. But if he's a tight end, if he qualifies a tight end, then Taysom Hill is a top five tight end. Hands down, maybe even top three, just because of, you know, how much he touches the ball, throws it, everything. So, yeah, of course, in home leagues, when Taysom Hill is a, is a tight end eligible, no doubt about it. But, you know, after Trey McBride, I think I would even have Hawkinson. Uh, you know, I would have Hawkinson at two, then Laporta, Kincaid, and Kelsey. That would be my top five right there. He was talking about Ingram and Don F, uh, Don F. His credit, rewind a yeah, little bit. Yeah, Don F, Evan Ingram, correct. Yeah, we did talk about Evan Ingram. Uh, I have Evan Ingram not in the top five, okay? But if you get a, tre- a healthy Trevor Lawrence rest of the way, then Evan Ingram is right there in that six, seven, eight range. But moral of the story is we have a lot of nice tight end options rest of the season here in a 12-man league. Are you going to lose on purpose to Theo just to keep him appeased for our relationship with this company? Theo, yeah, Theo. Um, yes, we do have a, a, a big matchup. We're trying Theo's to coming end. up in 15 minutes live. Theo, I know exactly. The, Theo is talking about a, uh, a primetime league that we're in, and uh, that is one of my biggest disappointment leagues, Nando, uh, just because that was my favorite team I drafted, the one that Theo was talking about. And let me just talk about it real quick. First round, I drafted a Monroe St. Brown, who was my – first round target. My second round pick was Nick Chubb, who I lost. My third round pick was Keenan Allen. So, and, and on this team is Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid, who are my top two tight end targets. So this team, uh, unfortunately I look at, cause I got Raheem Mostert in like the 10th round and he's been my RB one all year, but I look at this team and I'm like, if Nick Chubb would have stayed healthy with an Amon Ross St. Brown and Keenan Allen, combination with Mostert and Nick Chubb, this team could have maybe taken it all down. And either me or Theo are probably going to, uh, one of us is going to make the playoffs. One of us is going to miss the playoffs based on our matchup this week. And it's going to make me sick because I'm limping into this uh, week Uh, 14 with that team. So, but Theo's got a monster team. I know it's sick. When, When you're someone like me, Nando, you're a sick person. You remember not only your own teams, but, Theo has got a monster team in this league where it's like a Kyron Williams, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley uh, trio at running back with Devin A-Chain. Uh, he's got those four running backs, and he's got some good receivers. And I know Theo wants to get that team in the fantasy uh, overall playoffs in the NFFC because that's a team that uh, I'm sure he thinks he can win the overall with, and he can with with that amount of talent. So. Yeah. Let's answer a question. Will you let's wipe off your nose? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a long one from Oracle Zap, but he gets yeah, So a let's put it. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead, Nando. Read off 1,800 names. Well, he just wants to know if this team is championship caliber. caliber. Yes. It's a half PPR, one quarterback. He's got Allen, Diggs, Ayuk, Bijan, Shane, Ferguson, and the flex. He's got Nico Collins. On the bench, there's Puka, DK Metcalf. Yeah, if you uh, can't Dylan win with Warren, that team, Zeke. if you can't win with that team, then then you can't win in fantasy football. So you got basically every top stud in, in fantasy. So congratulations to you as Nando keeps reading. Uh, well, he just wants to know, names, this though. is actually a nice, 
he has Buffalo yeah. stash as well for week 17 against New England. Mm-hmm. Do I keep this team or do I sub with Baltimore D on waivers? Uh, I would make sure you still have your week seven because as we get closer, people get in the playoffs. They're going to be looking at that matchup. I'll tell you what, Buffalo, I know, has Dallas and the Chargers, um, you know, in the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. So, you know, for me, it's some it's a, it, you know, it's a, an opportunity to carry two defenses. And that's another thing. As we talk about entering the fantasy playoffs, uh, I'll, I talk from a, a high stakes uh, outlook. But even in your home leagues, you want if you have a, a, a playoff spot locked up right now. You should have already been doing it, but you need to plan out uh, your your matchups, okay? If you have a, a fantasy defense that has two good matchups and one bad one or vice versa, carry a second one in. I have the Jets fantasy defense in all my leagues, okay? The Jets fantasy defense, I love for weeks um, 16 and 17. They got two great matchups against bad offenses, but in week 15, they are on the road in Miami. I'm not putting the Jets defense out there for one or two points. So I'm carrying a second defense. I'm matching up my defenses here. Uh, I'm going to carry a second defense and use them for week 15 and then go back to my Jets defense. But I'm not trying to take any zeros or or crappy games from that. Do that. Back up your starting quarterbacks. We know that you have, um, you know, we see quarterbacks going down left and right. Don't just have one fantasy quarterback and just be like, oh, I got my stud quarterback. I'm taking him three weeks especially if you can't make pickups in your fantasy playoffs. Um, If you have stud quarterbacks and you look at the waiver wire um, and, and there's absolute garbage at the quarterback position and you're a, uh, you know, if you're a a Lamar Jackson owner, go get uh, pick up Tyler Huntley. If you're a Jalen Hurts owner, make sure you have Marcus Mariota. Okay. If you have have Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, uh, you know, go, Go and make sure you at least have your starting stud quarterback backed up with his actual backup because sometimes they're better than, uh, you know, who you could put in from other crappy offenses or teams, okay? I know I'm a Jalen Hurts owner in my biggest league, and I picked up Marcus Mariota uh, in week 10, and I said that's it because I'm looking at the waiver wire. I'm not going to pick up Kenny Pickett or Aiden O'Connell or any of this other garbage. So at that point, I said to myself, screw it. I'm Jalen Hurts' owner. If he ever went down, knock on wood, I'd rather have Mariota come in in this Eagles offense than any of these other scrubs. So, um, you know, I did that multiple times on my teams. So, you know, get prepared as we head into week 14 for your fantasy playoffs. Let's run. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's make COD accuses of skipping their question. Could you just uh, just read a bunch of names off? The problem, I think we skipped it, make COD, because it's such a long question. Um, and Chris doesn't like doing that unless you buy him a sticker. So we're going to do it anyway because we're nice guys. But just remember, every sticker goes to charity, right, Chris? Stacked 18 PPR roster. Anando special, we call this. Uh, who to Why's start that? this week? Need two running backs and a flex. Kyron, A-Chain, Jacobs, Barkley, Rashad. Why? I mean, flip a quarter. Uh, you know, you got six RB1s. I, you want, <laughs> I love Barkley, and uh, I'd go A-Chain. There you go. Lamb right. and Pittman are your, your receivers. Nando, I put up, uh, as we talk about the fantasy Would you flex playoffs, one of the running backs since he has so many good running backs? Yeah, 100%. Right. So as we – 
talk about uh, the fantasy playoffs. I actually posted a poll uh, the other day as we head to these three week overall playoffs at the high stakes, um, you know, in the high stakes market. You know, what's the rage every year? It's always what what elite quarterback wide receiver combination is the winning combination, right? We've seen in past years, um, you know, our boy Billy Waz uh, took down uh, the overall with a Joe Burrow to uh, Jamar Chase combination. The year before that, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs was the winning combination. So it seems like whatever elite quarterback, wide receiver, elite wide receiver combination gets hot for three weeks in the fantasy playoffs is usually the guy, the team that comes out with, the uh with the championship right and we have uh a a lot of them this year okay so and that's what the rave is all about in july and august is stacking your teams now right that in in drafts we always want to stack our elite wide receiver in the early rounds with the quarterback um to have that so i posted a poll with four of what i thought was the best options and uh, I want you to answer it. I want who would you have? Who would you want as the quarterback receiver combination for the the championship weeks? Would it be oh, Stefan Diggs? Okay, so that was one of the top four uh, that I posted. Tua and Tyreek, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, Dak and Lamb, obviously, and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. We could also put in Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen. No I one would have picked did. that one. Nobody well, would have picked that one. So who who do you think was the least by far, least uh, out of these four? Buffalo. Yes, correct. There was yeah. only four percent. And I didn't look. Josh I Allen promise I didn't look. Stephon Diggs. Now I'll tell you something right now. But I would they say they deserve to be won. higher. You deserve. What'd you say? They deserve to be higher percentage, but still in fourth. Uh, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. It's just if you look at the Bills' playoff schedule, Allen and Diggs can go off they have dallas and the chargers and the patriots okay the dallas and the chargers games it's the total is going to be like 55 for both of those games yeah okay so i mean i really could see a, a scenario where the two of them go completely off especially after like the past month with stefan Diggs really slowing down a little bit uh he had a nice game it, it, versus philly but other than that it, it was a slow thing let me just speed this up and tell you who barely won. It came down to Dak and Lamb and Tua and Tyreek. And Dak yeah. and Lamb, with 44% of the vote, just edged out Tua and Tyreek. Now, a distant third was Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, which I'm shocked because that was the winning combination for the first two and a half months of the season was everyone was in love with the Hurts-Brown combination and calling them the league-winning combination. Nobody They faded now into – say. What? No one believes in Hurts anymore. Uh, okay, that's your like I think your seventh crazy thing you said, but David uh, Carr. Yeah, he's only the MVP. What on TV saying that Mariota is better for? He's the an idiot. Team. Yes, because he's an idiot. And, but he and, said it. You know, and people. Uh, he's. I right. think he represents. And everybody attacked him because it's an idiotic thing. They expect. Oh, you should sit. He, he said they should sit Jalen Hurts until he's healthy. Okay, Jalen Hurts is playing very well. It's just. You can see he's a little banged up, but not enough to sit down. Uh, but anyway, listen, those, you know, I thought the poll results were a little, um, were, were interesting. I thought Hertz and Brown would be right there with the other two. I would have taken um, Tua and Tyreek personally. 
Yeah. Uh, but Dak and Lamb are so red hot right now that I guess everybody uh, just expects that to continue straight through the fantasy playoffs and uh, be the winning combination. But I think That's you're in good hands with any of those five quarterback wide receiver combinations as we enter the fantasy playoffs. Dak kind of had a history of, of not sustaining his excellence mm-hmm. and having some stinkers, right? Like two and Tyree, all two he's got to do is throw it up and Tyree Kill has a 56-yard touchdown. Yeah. You have like two catches for 100 yards. That's Tyreek Hill. I like once in a while. Dak well, I'll say this. Up. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the reason why um, I wouldn't have had Dak to Lamb as a uh, as my top choice is I'm a little worried. Yeah. You know, if you look at it, the next four games after you get past this great game versus Philly, he goes to Buffalo the first week of the fantasy playoffs, which, yes, we all say, oh, that's, you know, it's going to be a shootout. You never know with Buffalo. We could get to that game in the first week of the playoffs. It could be 18 degrees outside, wind uh, 30 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, Dak and Lamb is screwed. Okay. Yeah. Then you get to the then you get to um, the uh, final game of not the final game. I'm sorry, week 16 of the fantasy playoffs, the second week, and Dallas goes to Miami, which on paper, you're like, oh, my God, dream. This is could be 35-31. Okay, guess what? C.D. Lamb's got to go up against Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, who are shutting people down now. Okay, that is not the matchup you want to see. You know, you want to, yeah, oh, Miami versus Dallas, that looks great. But guess what? That's a secondary you don't want to see in the fantasy playoffs is Miami's right, right now. Okay, and then everybody's got their eyes on the championship week, Dallas versus Detroit, which, yeah, that's should, you know, indoors. That should be a dream uh, matchup for Dak and Lamb. But you never know with those first two matchups uh, what could possibly happen there. Have you played Baccarat? No. No. You think you would like it? Uh, I like to gamble on most things. So, yeah, but it seems like a very confusing game. I thought so too, but I played it this weekend, and now all I want to do is play more Baccarat. Oh my god! I mean, there's no uh, way you can have an edge. You're just guessing right or wrong. But it's just yeah. like the drama at the end with that last card is amazing. Mm-hmm. Nando, and, uh, let's like let's talk football. about Nando. We only, got, we week... only have three. We got to get out of here in three minutes because Theo's show is coming up next. Nando, week fourteen. All the money on the line in certain leagues. These are some of your matchups at quarterback. Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky. C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco. I take Flacco. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew versus Jake Browning. That's Baker bad. Mayfield versus Desmond Ritter. Possibly Wait. Josh Jobs versus Aiden O'Connell and Bryce Young versus Jameis Winston. Okay. These are just no, – we didn't even talk about the Jets quarterback. Jets think We are amazing. at an all-time crisis in the fantasy community at the quarterback position. It is is disgusting out there as we head into week 14. It's really, really bad. So if you're relying on some of these offenses, it's, uh, it's pretty scary. I mean, there used to be a time when a backup would come in, he would just pepper Deandre Hopkins 17 times, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I know we talked about it earlier. We really talked about the Jacksonville offense, but it was really great to see uh, Jake Browning perform the way he did on Monday night show that he's a capable quarterback. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, Nando uh, with Jake Browning, but the way he peppered Jamar chase 
And uh, I think going forward, we all have Jamar Chase back in our, you know, wide receiver one conversation, top, you know, six, top eight uh, with Browning here. We could have easily seen Jake, Jake Browning look like, uh, you know, a Kenny Pickett or a Zach Wilson and ruin, uh, you know, the way they've ruined Garrett Wilson and Pickens and Deontay Johnson. But Jake Browning should not be in that conversation. Jake Brown is a capable backup that's going to come in here, get the ball out to Jamar Chase, <clears throat> and run a decent Bengals offense. So you we, talk do- about, we dodged a major bullet here. You talk about Jake Browning like he's Theo. That's the only other person I've ever heard you gush like this about. Dynasty Life with Theo and Jax coming up next right here on Player Profiler. Stay tuned. Chrissy V and me, we're out of here. Good luck. In just one minute while I find the music file in the back end. Say your goodbyes. Wow. Another another smooth exit from Nando Defino.